Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pharos Fit Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm here today with uh, Jeffrey Scarborough. Hey Jeff. Hi Peter. And we have a, a special guest today, Elena. Hey Elena. Hi. <laughs> you know, with uh, with podcasts, I think sometimes it's good to bring in like specialists and um, <laughs> people who are really educated on on various topics. But sometimes it's good to bring in someone who doesn't really know anything <laughs> about fitness. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, she does know stuff about fitness. But um, Elena is here to uh, bring in kind of insights from kind of like you know. Sometimes we sit around, we talk about fitness amongst ourselves, and if you are working in the industry, you get kind of caught up in fitness. It's easy to get in too deep with stuff. And then sometimes you need to bring yourself back and really think about, okay, what is what is the average person thinking? Um, the person that doesn't read a ton of stuff about nutrition or doesn't work out 18 times every day. It's not obsessed. Uh, it's not obsessed with fitness. Yeah. You know? It's it's there, but it's it's not, you know. A priority. A priority. <laughs> By any means whatsoever. Um, so she's going to be chirping in with some, uh, some, some nuggets of wisdom. So today we are talking about multiplicity. What do we mean by multiplicity? Well, when we try and define our gym, and we've done this multiple times, like when people ask us, what is Pharos? We kind of like talk amongst ourselves and try and come up with a definition. And we always come back to this word of, of multiplicity. And all it means basically is different facets of fitness under one roof. We offer multiple forms of fitness. Every day we have 12 different programs that will run simultaneously. Everything is coached. Everything is programmed. And it offers the, the member uh, different ways in which to achieve their fitness. Lenny, are you still with me? I am here. You're here? You're here. Okay. Um, and, you know, we arrived at this place of believing that multiplicity was kind of the way forward in the fitness industry. Again, by our own experiences, doing things that we thought worked, doing things that we think didn't work so well, seeing businesses succeed, seeing businesses fail. And kind of observing the, the evolution of the fitness industry. So before we kind of dive into this episode, I, I kind of want to like go backwards in, into a little bit of, of history and how I kind of view how gyms have evolved from kind of like the 50s uh, to now. Because it's been interesting to see this, this development over time uh, of what was in gyms and what, what a member could get out of a gym. Because in, in, in the 50s and 60s, you know, I think it was it was more of a, more of a functional training gym and that if, if you've ever uh, read uh, Brooks Kubrick's dinosaur training book or anything like that it's like people were using barbells and doing more kind of functional movements and they were using their own bodies to to train with and I think as the 50s and 60s went into the 70s you saw the kind of introduction more of isolation machines so people would use machines to to create movement um, whether it was a leg extension or a leg curl or a bicep curl machine or this kind of thing um, and that kind of like detracted from um, the more functional way of training that was that was around earlier. But it allowed people to maybe build bigger muscles with, you know, less complicated movements. And it was certainly easier to follow because the machine would be easier to use. Um, but I think it did somewhat detract from a person's ability to move well. Um, and then if that, that kind of went even further in the 80s and you kind of had either a gym where you would do bodybuilding type stuff or you would do cardiovascular type stuff. And it was two different things. I would do either lift or, or I would do cardio. And then as that went into the 90s and the 2000s, 
I think you saw more of an integration of those two things. Well, now maybe I, I combine my cardio with my more bodybuilding type stuff. And at a certain point, that translated back into more functional type movements. And then I think in the, in the 2000s, you know, you saw this dawn of, of functional training, you know, and CrossFit gyms and this whole kind of movement back to basics. It was like, you know, I don't need all these machines. I am the machine and I'm going to, I'm going to move my own body and I'm going to move these barbells with my whole body. And, you know, it was a return to all body type training barbell complexes and, and reintroducing people to the barbell, which I think was very, very, very beneficial. And a lot of people got a lot out of it. And then I think it got to a point where people started to use their brains a bit and they were like, well, okay, this is great, but maybe there is a place for that other stuff as well because a lot of people have imbalances and, and have things that they need machines for. If they, if they have underdeveloped muscles, maybe some of these machines can be used to help develop those underdeveloped muscles so that then those, those more complex barbell compound type movements can be done better. So then I think you saw a reintroduction of... Um, you know, those those type of machines into these people who are interested in, in more functional training. And I think that has now evolved into this, what we call multiplicity of, of people wanting all these different things from a gym. You know, I want to be able to lift, but I want to be able to do my cardiovascular work, but I also want to be able to do, do my mobility. Uh, and I want to be able to use these machines that can help me improve. Um, and when I first came to LA, I saw that people were doing this in all these different places. So they were essentially taking out three or four different memberships to do all these different things. So I would go here for my lifting and then I would go here for my yoga and then I would go here for my indoor cycling class. You know, all these different places with all these different memberships and all this different travel time, et cetera, et cetera. So it ends up being you know, crazily expensive, very inefficient use of time just to try and stay fit and happy. So what we saw when we developed Faras was an opportunity to put everything under one roof and make it more affordable. You know, it's kind of funny to me because sometimes people say, um, you know, our membership is expensive. I don't consider it to be expensive at all just because we offer so much value. If you were to do all these different things in all these different places, I guarantee you it would cost you a lot more than it does to be a member at Ferris Athletic Club. And even, you know, in comparison to, to other gyms that only offer one thing, um, we are not that much more expensive. So it's less about how expensive a gym is uh, as how valuable a gym is, as in what value is it offering to its members. And I like to think we've done a, a pretty good job uh, of offering you know, a lot of value, you know, especially with the extensions we've made and the new equipment we've now got in. You can pretty much do anything at Ferris Athletic Club and, and, and we're super, super happy and super proud to, to be able to offer that because it's what we believe. We believe in multiplicity. We believe there is a place for all these things. We don't have a dogma at Ferris Athletic Club. It's not there is one way. It's that there are many ways and we all have our own, we all have our own problems. We all have our, our own weaknesses. We all have our own under, underdeveloped muscles or you know, underdeveloped areas of our fitness that need to be focused on. And we need to be in a space that allows us to, to, to concentrate on what we need. Uh, and I think we, we arrived at a place now at the club where we can offer a lot of different things to a lot of different people. I think, you know, it's an interesting uh, parallel to draw uh, of the way that gyms evolved over the, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s and into the noughties. And also the way that we've kind of changed the way that we've trained. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, the 70s, 70s and 90s, 90s and the what? Noughties. The noughties. <laughs> like the 2000s, the noughties, zero, zero. 
Interesting. We do not say that, but it's good to know. You learn something when you don't think you're going to. Carry on. So go ahead. So what I mean is from the 1970s to the 1980s to the 1990s into the 2000s, or the noughties, as you now know it's called, gyms changed. They changed in format. They changed in equipment. They changed in the way that they delivered their product to to the masses. So what I want to start with is is actually Jeff. I want you to kind of talk about your fitness evolution from kind of college into into where we are right now and talk about how multiplicity kind of came into your daily routine or weekly routine. Weren't we going to name the gym multiplicity at one point? I believe that was, it came up. Right, right before <laughs> athletage. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Um, yeah, so basically I guess my story uh, with multiplicity or lack thereof in the beginning was, uh, you know, like I said before in the, in the previous podcast, I kind of started with the, the traditional bodybuilding style workouts. And then from there, graduated, had this internship at a CrossFit gym. And it's funny, I was just asked right before about multiplicity. And I was like, yeah, you know, I've, I've been doing it since 2012 or 2011, whenever I started CrossFit. And then I was kind of given a look and it's like, well, I, I guess that really wasn't multiplicity. You know what I mean? Now it's like we have such a wide range of, of different type of, of fitness and training that to us now CrossFit and where I started with that was just sort of one set type of, of fitness. So I guess from there, you know, I, I did CrossFit for like four or five years and I was coaching and, and managing at these different gyms and it got to that point, and this is a story that we talked about a couple of weeks ago, where, you know, I kind of just wanted to see how far I could take it. I was like doing well in classes and I could always beat the other coaches. And I ended up moving to LA and I teamed up with these these two guys and these three girls and we had a coach and we were like, let's go for it. Let's go for regionals. And we, you know, t- two of the guys basically like left their job uh, of what they were doing. And we we were training twice a day, six or seven times a week. We were, you know, eating an enormous amount of food, but we were getting together every single day and and training. And, you know, it basically, it, it boiled down to the point where we finally signed up for this competition. And, you know, a few days into it, the whole thing fell apart, which I'm not really going to dive into. But from that point on, I went through the open, I, you know, I... I had done all that training. So I went through the open and I think ended up placing like 60th in California that year. But from there, I remember the last pull up I did, I was like, I'm never, ever, ever doing this ever again. And that's kind of where like the pendulum shifted, you know, and it's sort of, I made this example before that, that full cult pendulum that you see at like Griffith Park, where it's not just going left and right, but it's kind of, it's like going east to west, but then slowly starting to migrate like north and south. And so it's like my CrossFit shifted back to bodybuilding, but with a little more CrossFit. So, you know, I would do my traditional bodybuilding, my my bodybuilding regimen, but then in between I would row 10 calories as fast as possible. Or I would do like, you know, some, some squat cycle. And then in between each round, I would do 15 wall balls and it rotated back and forth. And then I started to go into a little bit more of CrossFit, but still with a little more bodybuilding side and it slowly sort of migrated. And now it's at the point where, you know, we, we open Pharaohs and we have tw- over 12 different programs. And now I do a little mixture of both. So some days it'll be traditional strength and conditioning. Sometimes it'll be Tyler's sprint program. Other times it'll be my train program. I'll sprinkle compete or a CrossFit program in there here and there. 
And, and now also like I'm training for my, my second half marathon. So for me, it's just sort of like a little mixture of everything. I've got a yeah. little cocktail of fitness. Yeah. I mean, I think we have a kind of a, a kind of a similar like story because you know, similar to Jeff, like I started with just the typical bodybuilding stuff. I used to, um, you know, Monday was chest and biceps and Tuesday was back and whatever it was. Um, and then, you know, you get to a certain point where you do that for a number of years and you get kind of tired of it. And then I started boxing. And then after boxing, I started like Jim Jones type stuff. And then after Jim Jones type stuff, I kind of did more CrossFit type stuff. And then I came back to bodybuilding and then I started adding in, you know, more of the kind of stuff that we do at Barros. Like we, we have our ride classes and um, uh, again, Tyler's sprint class. You know, all these different things kind of kind of come to play. But I think what we're really talking about is is the need for a new stimulus. Like anything you do, after a while, no matter what it is, at a certain point, you kind of get kind of get tired of it and you need a new stimulus. And I think we all arrived at Pharos from experiencing that. Like nothing, everything works, but nothing works forever. You, you get you get tired of whatever you do. So if you want a membership that's going to stay with you for a long time, I think you have to provide more than one thing because if you don't, like they're going to go elsewhere for that new stimulus. So what we're trying to do is create multiple stimuluses what? Stimuli. 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 And you should come useful. Thanks, Melinda. <laughs> uh, multiple stimuli so that we all stay, you know, we all stay intrigued, vibrant, um, energized, um, excited to come into the gym. Um, you know, if you do come into the gym, you know, every day, you know, every week for a year, like if you're doing the same kind of routine over and over again, you're going to get bored. So you have to find a way to create create new, new stimuli. Um, and I think we've, we've been pretty successful at doing that especially with los angeles and not like trying to stereotype everybody that lives in los angeles but you know we have a lot of people that are in the industry so you know they'll join these gyms so let's say you join like a berries or an f45 or a crossfit gym or whatever it may be these people they work for themselves they work in coffee shops and they're able to come work out two sometimes three times a day and they will come five six seven times a week and kind of just like what you were saying before without that level of multiplicity and being able to switch it up from time to time you're just like anything gonna burn yourself out yeah i have a question yeah so do you feel like multiplicity is like investigating a certain kind of programming for a certain amount of time and then moving on to a different kind of programming or is it doing different like in a week taking a different kind of programming yeah every other day or whatever so what you're actually, actually describing which is really useful is, is like non-linear type training so mm-hmm. it's like you're taking one day is strength training one day is cardiovascular training yeah you know, you're, every day you're mixing up the stimuli um and i think that's more what we're about it's not like we had this linear schedule where we expect everyone to do six weeks of build followed by six weeks of train followed by six weeks of fight it's more like on certain days doing certain things and the important distinction, I think, between what what we're trying to do and, and, and gyms that will say, every time you come in, it's a different workout. Well, it might be a different workout, but it's the same stimulus. It's the same kind of thing, which is what a lot of the, the studios in, in Los Angeles offer. It, it's different ways of doing the same damn thing, creating the same damn stimulus, <laughs> which ultimately, after a while, will burn you out. You'll stop making progress. You will reach a plateau. And then it's like, okay, what do I do now? So for us, it's not just turning up and doing like, different stuff every day it's coming up and thinking okay monday i'm focusing on this tuesday i'm focusing on this wednesday's this thursday's this so it's really planning out your week i mean a great example actually is the is the challenge that we're on right now right so so we do a challenge we do three challenges a year 
members come in, we, we take all their measurements. So we, we measure their current body fat percentage, their lean muscle tissue, their body fat, all their circumferences, that kind of thing. And then from there, we build, uh, well, Emily calls it a fitness platter. platter. Jeff calls it the cheesecake, cheesecake factory, factory cheesecake of fitness. Factory I like fitness. that. Yeah, thank um, you. <laughs> but it's really like, um, it's really saying like, if, if these are the results you want, and of course, everyone wants different results. So it's depending on what the individual wants. We build a fitness menu for them, which is based in multiplicity. You know, we are not a powerlifting gym. We are not a CrossFit gym. We are not a hit gym, whatever it is. We, we have all of these things and we believe they all have a place in fitness and they need to be tailored in different amounts to the individual. So another question I have is then how do you find consistency through multiplicity? Because something that sure. I do, like I, I hop around a lot because I yeah. get bored and I, I take like a bunch of different kinds of, you know, classes and whatnot. But like, I don't feel like I necessarily investigate far enough into like yeah, one Yeah, I mean, area. I think at a certain point you have to find a way to induce progressive overload. So if you do... What's uh, that like, mean? <laughs> so if you do a, a program like, like Build, for example, when we're working in cycles mm-hmm. um, and you're maybe increasing the weight on the bar every week or you're increasing the volume every week or if you're in a, a class like Compete and you're in, uh, increasing your time on certain things or if you're in train or if you're in sprint, maybe Tyler's doing a cycle of 300 meter sprints and you, you know what your time is in, in week one and then hopefully by week three you improve your time. Whatever it is, you have to find a way to measure your own progress. Now, it can be done in terms of performance, as in weight or in time, that kind of thing. It could also be done in, t- in terms of measurements. So if you're, a, if you're a completing figure bodybuilder or something like that, what's gonna be more purposeful to you is gonna be right, what body fat percentage am I at? How much lean muscle tissue is on my body? So whatever it is, you have to find the thing that is measurable to you. Otherwise, you do end up just doing a bunch of stuff and feeling either generally good or generally bad, but not really knowing whether you're making actual progress. Does that make sense? And I think a lot of people are in that boat. They kind of just hop around trying to entertain themselves. It's like an entertainment thing. I just need to be entertained. Well, okay, you're getting entertained, but are you actually like making valuable progress on what you're trying to do? And I think, is that kind of what you're describing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I mean, we try to. I mean, we all get together and we'll 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 do our programming, and you know, we have a different emphasis every day, so that for someone who you know, and you were calling it the other week, like the ADD trainer who just kind of wants to pop all over the place and do all different sorts of classes, you know, we we try to program in a way that you're never going to overload a certain body part. Moving for like doing multiplicity or like training in a multiplicity fashion, I guess you would say. I think. Unless you're going to a gym like Pharos or who has a, a bunch of different programs, and again, we program in a way where you can bop around from different class to different class, I almost like encourage people to have a linear form of training in the beginning. Like you should have traditional strength training and traditional conditioning and cyclical conditioning and and if and maybe like like Pete, if you want to sprinkle something in like like joining a, a boxing class or you want to start yoga, like I think it's a, it's good to have experience with all of that to know how to mend those together in a week's worth of, a week or a month or a few months worth of programming. Yeah, and I, th- I think there's also like there's always an emphasis. We talk about what we're emphasizing. Yeah. So with a lot of people, like if this is the result that you want, then this is what we need to emphasize. Yes, we can sprinkle other things in, but mm-hmm. the emphasis has to be on this one thing that you're telling me that you want. 
So if it's someone that comes into the gym and they say, well, I want to add four pounds of muscle in eight weeks, it's like, well, you're going to have to emphasize build. Like there's no two ways about it. Yeah. Or if it's someone, I want to get better at sprinting my, I want to improve my hundred yard dash, whatever it is. Like you're going to have to take sprint. Like there's no, there's no, you can't, you can't just do everything and expect to get better at this one thing. This thing has to be emphasized and then the other stuff has to get kind of like. So it's doing a variety of movement types, but with a focused intention. Yeah. There's like a main course and then the sides. Got it. So I have to indulge in my, my main course, but I'm allowing myself a sprinkle of sides. Got it. I think I just eat like all the sides. You just eat the sides and never, you never eat the no main course. course. You just eat grass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My eating habits reflect my decision-making skills. Right. <laughs> uh, anyway, moving on. So I, I mean, I kind of mentioned before about the, the fitness industry, and I think it's kind of interesting how things have developed because if we take kind of what me and Jeff was saying before about, you know, just doing more of a, like a bodybuilding type cycle, you know, when we just used to lift weights, most gyms when I was growing up, that's what you did. That's what they were equipped to do. So you could go in and you could do, you know, you could do your squats, you could do your bench press, all your, all your standard bodybuilding type stuff. And then there would be a cardio room and you either did cardio or you lifted weights. And it was a very kind of standard format. And then I think, you saw an evolution. I mean, the functional fitness kind of evolution, I guess, started like early 2000s, 2006, around then. And then gyms started to become more like, okay, we don't need all these machines anymore. We are the machines. We're going to make everything functional again and take out all the equipment and just use our bodies and just use like traditional stuff like barbells, dumbbells, maybe, and kettlebells uh, and get back to more organic style of training. So you had all these new gyms crop out that took out all the machines and took out all the all the traditional kind of stuff you found in gyms and they went back to basics. So you would go to like a box and there would just be like minimal equipment and you you, know, you were expected to do the work as opposed to like a machine doing the work or whatever it was. Um, and that was great for a while. And I think people got kind of like, oh, well, okay, I kind of need some of the other stuff now or I'm kind it's of dirty done with in this. here. I'm dirty, dirty in here <laughs> yeah. on, on some cleanliness. So then you ended up going back to, you know, more of a globo style gym or whatever you want to call it and then you would again you'd have to go somewhere else for your if you want to do like yoga or boxing or anything like that just to find this new this new this new stimulus but um so the the evolution sort of went okay a gym with a ton of equipment to a gym with very little equipment to a gym that kind of allows you to do both and everything because at a certain point you know you need that you need the things for the stimulus but you also need a different environment than what what your in can provide you and i think that's i hope that's what we've kind of created at ferris uh, because you you get kind of like the best of both worlds right it's kind of like gritty it's kind of like it feels warehousey in a way you can do all your kind of like high intensity training with functional equipment all that kind of stuff but you can also do all your bodybuilding stuff especially with the new extension that we have coming in um, and you can do you know, all these like ancillary programs that we have. You can Olympic weight lift, you can box, you can do Pilates, you can do yoga, you can do all these different things. And it's 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 a it's a much more complete you know environment than, than than gyms prior to this could could provide. And you know also I mean people will make the argument for oh, okay what about a gym like an Equinox or something like that which does have like a lot of stuff. But the difference is. With us, like we're still primarily a class-based coach facility. Like that's that's our bread and butter. That's what we do primarily. So if you come into the gym, 
we always say this it's it's personal training in a group environment um you have a coach you have a program that you're following and you you you're essentially guided through that program and then we have these accessory things on top of the, of the guided programs that people can you know accessorize with so i think we are we are different to anything that's come before and i think it's an interesting like space to be in now where you've you've kind of seen what people have evolved into over the you know the noughties, the nineties, the eighties, the seventies, and we've kind of arrived at this place. And I think it's a it's a really actually interesting time in, in fitness. Makes sense, Lynn? Uh yeah, it does. <laughs> I just go to classes because I like to be told well, yeah. what to do. Yeah. And not have to and a lot of people it. need that. Yeah. I think there are different types of people. Some people they want to be left alone to do their own thing and that's fine. And there are other people that, that need they need to be guided, they need stimulus, they need to be entertained by, you know, people around them they need to like have that energy around them to, to get things done and it's a time factor thing as well like i think if we're left our own devices on our own we can be in the gym for like three hours and get nothing done or if you're in some, a class, people. some people <laughs> if you're in a class being told what to do when then you can get the, get a lot done in like 45 minutes yeah exactly you're like in and out so another thing i wanted to talk about was you know the importance of skill acquisition because i think a lot of time we, we join a gym with, with a certain goal and that that goal often is looking and feeling better and a lot of people come in they train and they start looking and feeling better but then there's something in the brain that requires the learning of a skill you know what i mean by that like if you're just doing the same thing all the time in terms of yes you can get stronger yes you can get fitter but stuff that's easy to learn stuff that's easy to kind of follow yes it takes hard work but it doesn't teach you anything new i think with training there is always something about skill acquisition and, and learning something new that, that becomes very important at a certain point. And again, I think the facility where you train needs to have that stuff available. So if you take a program like Fly, yeah, like a gymnastics program like that, like you will do stuff in that that's high skill that will create a you know a new stimulus for your brain, a new stimulus for your body, uh, and and you know you you really are truly learning something that you cannot do. And mm-hmm. um, I, I think the same way about fight. You know, boxing is a skill that needs to be learned, even if it's not like directly correlated with a, you know, an aesthetic goal or a body composition goal. It's something that the brain needs, you know, to to stay interested and, and, and um, you know, stay excited about your evolution as a physical being, because otherwise things can get dull. Yeah, and and as a trainer, we love that. You know what I mean? Yeah. When when somebody comes to me and, you know, whether it's a skill that they want to acquire or it's just like a performance-based goal, like what's the one we commonly like hear from most people? It's, I want to learn how to do a pull-up. And what's great about that is when you have a performance-based goal in mind, and let's say, like you said before, it's not aesthetically driven, but then, you know, three months down the road, when you do have a pull-up, you look in the mirror, you're like, holy shit, and I look great too. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it, it's good to kind of focus your energy over to something else that's not just like I'm gonna go and lift chest and triceps and try exactly, to deadlift yeah. because you'll go home yeah. and look in the mirror and it's the exact same thing. But if you, you know, go from not being able to do a pull up and then one day you go up there and you try it again after doing all the strength accessory stuff and you get up there and do it, you're like, that's a, a, a great sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, and that's essentially compete as well, right? That's our compete program, totally. which is essentially you know. CrossFit type program, yeah, uh, and people will make that transition from build into compete because they get to a point where it's like, okay, I can, I, I feel strong, I feel fit, 
you know, I'd like to learn something new. And, you know, you have to have those those programs in place so that people can evolve and people can you know, challenge themselves in a different way. Yeah. And those, and those are great skills to to learn as well. You never just snatch one day and you're like, I can do it. I don't need to do this anymore. It's always something that you can refine. Right. It's like LeBron, right. LeBron, and I don't know anything about sports, so I always go to him because he's the only <laughs> one I know. But it's like LeBron James is a great shooter, but does he ever stop practicing shooting? Absolutely not. He's always right. refining his skill. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's also important to remember that, you know, those kind of skills need to be developed over time and need a foundation of strength and fitness behind it. And I think that, again, that's often the problem that, that people have. They try and go into the deep end before they've acquired the necessary foundations of, of doing things. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've seen it a ton, like people will jump into the, the, the most complex class with the most complex movements and they don't have to tie their own shoelaces. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah. So it's, it's important to build that, that, that foundation through the, 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 the more basic movements and the, the more primary compound movements and then evolve. As you, mm-hmm. as you improve. Yeah. I can do a strict pull-up. There you go. One. There you go. One. <laughs> and it took me a really long time to be able to do it. And was, one, was one like indicating how many you can do or that was like one of maybe five skills you're about to talk about? No, one. Oh, just one pull-up. Okay. <laughs> and it was amazing once I was able to do it and I... That was it for me. <laughs> but, but you quit? Like, that was it. Well, every once in a while, I'll just go and make sure I can still do it. Still got it. See you next month. <laughs> and that, folks, is multiplicity. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Okay, uh, on that note, guys, we'll, we'll close that one up. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Again, you can follow us at Farras Echo Park on Instagram. Uh, if you're in the neighborhood, we're a neighborhood gym, we're a family gym. We'd love to see people in the neighborhood. So come by 1316 Glendale Boulevard. Echo Park, LA. And yeah, tune in next time uh, for the Ferris Fit Podcast. See you soon.